and welcome to another episode of Alcoholics. I am your host, Terrain Myricks. I am joined by my co-host, Katrina Myricks. Katrina, how are you? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, how's your week been? Good week? Eh. First week we, we, the first like full week we got to, you know, hang out with, you know, President-elect Biden. Sure. We, first week where we don't have to watch cable news just for hours at a time straight. You mean like first week as in last week was the only week we did that? Yeah. Or? Yeah, that, that part was nice. <laughs> it's nice to have a little break from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, let's let's introduce our guest because this banter part's not going well. <laughs> um, we got uh, <laughs> former guest, current guest, probably future guest, Arista Voorhees. Arista, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, you know. Uh, I'm I had a better week this week than I did last week. That's for sure. Yes, isn't it? Isn't it like nice to like have this week where you're like not just panicked about the election results? Is that like it's just a nice feeling to not be like what's happening? What's happening? Like I like the fact that that I don't have to worry about which person who has five million more votes than the other gets to be the president. <laughs> You know, I uh, last week I spent the entire days, hours, just refreshing my Twitter feed constantly, reading polls and Nate Silver and Nate Cohn and putting people on notifications. And now I'm like, whatever, it's all good, it's all love. Yeah, it's a, now. <laughs> now we're just like, it's done. We we got it done. We got it done. And sure, we lost some house seats. <laughs> it's fine. Sure, and sure, we didn't win all the Senate seats we wanted to win. It's fine. We got. The big prize. Um, I'm personally just really, really like it's it's a relief. It's a nice it's a nice relief. The the week itself, though not my favorite week, was just like a a nice like this is gonna be over. And not only that, it shut the president up. The president doesn't yeah. like to talk anymore. The, he has today was the first time he talked since like six days ago. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> By the way, today is like the we're talking here on the thirteenth of November. Um, well, do do Twitter retweets count? No, As no, well. they don't count. <laughs> no, they don't count. Uh, <laughs> we usually get we usually hear this dummy come out and just start saying random shit. He decided he was he's he's just real quiet. Um, and and that's kind of what our first topic is going to be. And and. Let's just say, let's, let me be clear. I'm very excited for the point of this podcast where we no longer have to talk about the current president of the United States. I'm really excited for that. Um, but I will say, he is still the president right now. So, when he does things, they are unfortunately newsworthy. Uh, so, we do have to talk about him. Um, though, we would really love to just put all of our thoughts about him in a drawer put that drawer in i don't know a river and just fucking sail it down <laughs> um but the president of the united states still seems to be having trouble coming to terms with the fact that he will um come january no longer be the president of the united states um and he's also having the people around him uh, have this delusional fantasy that they're going to um, somehow get a second term. Uh, Mike Pompeo said that there would be an easy transition into the second um, second Trump presidency. Uh, Kaylee McEnany said that, of course, he's going to be at the inauguration. He's going to be re-inaugurated. He has to be there. Um, <laughs> uh, you have, you know, his sycophants in the Senate uh 
say, like trotting out the same nonsense um, that the election isn't over and it hasn't been decided when it really, truly, for real, has been decided. Um, and then he came out and uh, today spoke and seemingly almost gave up the game <laughs> where he said um, uh, this administration won't be doing any, any shutdowns. Um, hopefully the... Ne- uh, any other, you know, whatever administration doesn't shut down the country. Like he seemed to uh, almost give up the game of like knowing this is done. We are done. Um, but still wants to hold on to that to his supporters. So so I'll start with Katrina. What do you think of the, the president's lack of ability to um, see the world as it truly is where he has not won and will not win? I mean, it's entirely unsurprising. I, I don't know who... Who was expecting Donald Trump to graciously concede <laughs> and allow a smooth transition to the next president? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I nobody was expecting that to happen no. at all. Um, I think people were expecting a little more from the people around him, which is questionable, um, <laughs> but... Whatever they do, you know, the lawsuits they're filing are getting tossed. They're they're um, ending the lawsuits themselves as numbers. Like, it's just... They're actively admitting that they don't have evidence of the thing they filed the lawsuit for. Yep. Yeah. Because they don't want... The lawyers don't want to commit perjury for this man. <laughs> so, it's just... It's going to happen whether they like it or not. And, and that's just the way it is. Uh, they're they're going to make it as hard as possible for Biden and they're doing that. So Arista, your thoughts on that? Uh, sp- I mean, if you I, I'll, I'll leave it open to you. But specifically, what about the, you know, the GSA um, uh, uh, administrator, uh, Emily Murphy, who is a political appointee, not um, acknowledging that there will be a Biden tra- uh, Biden presidency transition. Uh, so not allowing those funds to go through. What are your what are your thoughts on on that? And well, I, I mean, I think she is a, an example of the broader picture of like, I think everybody knows it. They all know, obviously, because it's obvious, but they can't say anything because they're going to piss off, <laughs> piss off Daddy Trump. So, you know, <laughs> she is a political impo- uh, appointee from Trump, but you can't, she can't say it. She's stuck in between a rock and a hard place because, you know, you might get that, that tweet fired off. You might get fired via tweet or something. Who the fuck uh, cares, though? You're, she, he's gone. He's leaving. There, there was something that came out that said uh, anyone looking for a new job will be fired in the Trump White House. What? Just like, uh, yeah. I they, mean. they all should be looking for a new job. <laughs> They're not going to have a job come January 21st. Yeah. They all should be looking for a new job. Sorry, Arista, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no it's like a, I mean, from... Every person up and down the administrations, I, I believe it's the same thing, is that they can't outspokenly say it. They can't come out and say, we know that Biden's going to be the president come January 21st or January 20th, rather. Yeah, sorry, I got that. Uh, because we're going to piss off Trump. We're going to piss off everybody. They're saying stupid stuff like you're fired if you, you know, <laughs> that was a, like an onion headline. You're fired if you consider leaving. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's it's like, they're, this is the bet that they made. Like, what I, do I feel sorry for these people? Hell no. No. No, not at all. Uh, I feel sorry that the Biden administration is not going to be uh, as well prepared to take on uh, the global pandemic that's happening. 
Yeah. Um, but besides that, these people are fuck them, fuck them. So um, Donald Trump uh, seemingly is still planning like campaign style rallies uh, to go around. By the way. Um, it's very important to note that a lot of Secret Service officers have uh, either tested positive for COVID or have to um, quarantine because of their potential um, because of the potential ex- exposure that they had to COVID uh, because the president still wants to play these games like beforehand the president was you know like before the before the actual election day was going around and doing you know regular rallies as if there was no global pandemic and um this was a huge problem for them now um he is uh planning potentially to do these uh, rallies again um in this to raise funds for a recount um also in the fine print uh, these rallies, rally, sorry, the uh, donations that we get could also be used to pay down the campaign's debt. So um, who knows what we're going to use it for? Probably the recounts, but we'll see. Um, uh, we so Arista, you don't feel bad for the um, for the specific people who are involved in the Trump administration. What about the what about the um, people that are essentially being just duped? That you know, like the like the regular people who aren't employed by the president, who are you know just listening to his nonsense and falling for it. They're they're being lied to by their leader. Yeah, I mean it's it's sad. It's sad because all I feel at this point is just pity, right? Because they're the ones giving up their money. They're the ones donating to Trump, and uh, you know, they're the ones going to rallies and catching COVID. They're the ones believing this. Like how unfortunate is it that you're like you're so conditioned to believe that you can't accept reality anymore i bet you it could be march of next year biden will be president uh for uh, some time at that point and they'll still be like no recount the votes trump this should be trump right now mm-hmm. like uh, it's, uh, they won't accept reality uh and i just feel pity <laughs> honestly know, what about you i i'm impressed that arista feels pity um <laughs> I'm not there. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I, I am unable to empathize with these people who refuse to think critically in the slightest. Like It's, it's hard just... when we've been screaming, this is like, yeah. this is a sham. He is lying to you. He is duping you. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, he definitely is. Here's the evidence that this is a lie. And they are just really like dug in, and, right? Yeah, and maybe if the um, refusal to acknowledge evidence and truth didn't like come along so completely with racism and and sexism and other bigotry we might i might feel a little more piteous for these people but no i mean like you show me one person who believes all this and also believes black people should be treated equally (laughs) like i don't i i think the overlap is uh yeah yeah i'm gonna like i feel sorry like i just i feel sorry for these people like how sad I feel like, sorry just... for our country that there are so goddamn many of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the the pity I feel. So we we have this um we have this issue where there are a lot of um you know Joe Schmo Trump Trump supporters Joe Schmo Trump supporters who are um now seeing you know when they post things about um 
about electoral politics, i.e. when they post their, this election was stolen, this is fraud, they get their, on Facebook, their posts get flagged and you get redirected to like, you know, the truth. Um, These people are very upset about this. They're saying they're being censored and they are fleeing the social networking site Facebook for, um, you know, uh, sites like Parler, which is very, is essentially a right-wing cesspool of, of conspiracy and nonsense, and MeWe, which is the same. Um, MeWe? MeWe, which I... <laughs> Haven't heard of that Can one. I just say, it's really hard for me to... Like, here's where I have trouble with empathy. I feel like I can empathize with a lot. I feel like I have a hard time empathizing with a crowd of people who, for the past four years, have said, you know, like, fuck your feelings, your feelings don't matter, you're snowflakes, you're pieces of shit, and then once once something bad happens to them, i.e. their guy loses, they're like, hey... Let's be more sensitive about this. Let's be cooler about this. You know what? You guys are being very mean. I'm going to go to my own site that allows me to say the horrible, heinous things I want to say without any sort of uh, without any sort of flags. I should be able to say that the cops can just straight up mow down black people and no one should be able to question me about this. <laughs> and it's not fair that you guys are doing it. Like, I find it really hard to, like, empathize with with that. What do you? Or so what are your thoughts on, on, on the mass exodus of Facebookers to uh, become parlors or mewies? <laughs> well, uh, okay, uh, a couple things. First, beware uh, the mewies. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I want to clarify that I, I don't empathize with these people. I just, I think they're pathetic. I think they're pathetic and I feel sorry for them. That's kind of it. And secondly, it's really fun that a right-wing conspiracy website is called MeWe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's similar to, like, trying to sound tough while talking about, like, you know, like a fruity <laughs> cereal, right? Like... It's 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 like how like you're trying to sound tough. You're trying to be like we're the we're the crowd with guns. We're the tough guys, but also being like, and I fucking love fruity pebbles. Like it's hard. You can't do both. It's well, really hard to do both. <laughs> Yo, did you catch that rally invite on MeWe? Like, <laughs> it's and then uh, the other thing, um, and we can talk more in depth on all of this is 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 they're moving from Facebook which is already pretty heavily skewed conservative anyway. If you look, and I do apologize for cutting you off, but if you look at the top 10 of, like, posts reached, it's usually 10 fucking weird right-wing nonsense. And most of them tend to be the fucking president of the United States. It's not, like, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 exactly, correct. So, you know, hopefully this means that my radicalized, you know, Nazi relatives can go somewhere else and, <laughs> you know have fun but at the same at the same time it's 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 going to be an echo chamber because if you only go to a place where the only ideas that you are exposed to are the same sort of nonsense it's all you're going to believe so yeah it, it's it's very you're, you're absolutely right like it's it's one of those things where it's like you're like good go i don't fucking need you in facebook i don't even want to have a facebook but then it's also like but it's also like i mean now you're all going to go to the same spot. You're all going to consume the same horrible stuff. 
And it is just going to be, no one's going to tell you that's not true. No one's going to show you what the actual facts are. And you get to live in a reality where everything you believe is what's absolutely right. And it's, it's, it's very dangerous for, for certain people. Like people are like super susceptible to like right, right wing radicalism, which can easily be then parlayed to uh right wing, you know, terrorism. Like, that happens. That happens. So it, it feels like it's just fostering like a place for um I think it's just fostering a place for that to happen, which I don't necessarily think is the best idea, but that's what's happening. Katrina, your thoughts. Well, I think it's a good idea to get that bullshit off of Facebook where there are a lot of susceptible people like People just join Facebook to connect with their family and other dumb things. (laughs) They want to connect with their family and other stupid shit. Speaking of someone who hasn't had a Facebook in like eight years. They just want to connect with their families and be a part of their their family's lives. See relatives that they haven't seen for a while and other stupid bullshit like that. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's good to get, I mean, like. I think get these people away. That's fine. That's a good thing, probably. Um, I I don't think the people who believe this stuff... How, how often do you respond to someone who's spouting this bullshit with facts and they actually like change their opinion it does i don't think it's a very common thing to be able to change their mind it's not necessarily changing their mind however it's it's you know like the 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 thing however the thing is if you have someone saying that's not true you at least have a a mechanism to pierce that bubble You, you at least have a mechanism to say to where where facts can potentially leak in even if they don't you know, seep in the way that you want them to. There are facts there that can potentially leak in. See, I think the problem is that none of this is going to change the fact that Fox News exists and is a major news network that's affirming these ideas for people. They're not all the time. Uh, Here's the problem with... Right, but now we have OAN and everything. Exactly. Like all the other media networks. And OAN and Newsmax are the parlor of news organizations. You have Facebook or Fox News, which is already very right-wing, but it's still will come out they have stopped like new like they've stopped times when when Kaylee McEnany was talking and going hey no just so you know these are just wild allegations that don't show any proof yet and they have yet to like they they haven't tried to show any proof with OANN and, and Newsmax they're like no this is real like this that's Breitbart parlor is yeah, Breitbart I mean the- certain anchors on Fox News will stop it uh, but we've watched too much Fox News lately that I know that they just let... That's my fault. They'll let any elected <laughs> official come on and say all these lies, and they won't interrupt them, and they won't dispute it. But if, if there's, That's like, true. a press conference, they might say something. And, it, and I'm sure if it was during... Uh, Tucker Carlson's hour, he wouldn't be cutting a You know, like, it, right. I think it depends entirely on who is actually running it, and they're the people that they watch for aren't the ones who are disputing that or right. interrupting it. That's so that's absolutely right. That, I can't dispute that. That is just 100% pure facts. Like yeah. Sean Hannity is not stopping anybody from saying any fucking nonsense. Nope. Sean Hannity's like, 
Yeah, no, no, no. Say it louder. <laughs> like, like, let me, let me. Let's bring Jim Jordan on to say whatever bullshit he wants, and we won't dispute it. Or Matt Gates. Like, that's that's all they had on, just constantly saying yep. that this election was a fraud. Mm-hmm. And so that's what people are seeing. And and if they're seeing it on Fox News, you telling them they're wrong on Facebook, that's just not going to do anything. So. Yeah. Eh. So what do you what do you think of the potential of the what do you think of the potential that. Um, a lot of people fleeing to Parlor um, and MeWe. <laughs> God, that's such a stupid name. <laughs> Parlor and MeWe could potentially like. Th- don't you think that those are potential? Um, like they could potentially become like radical radicalization factories, for lack of a better term. I I do think that is a possibility, but how do you stop that? Like, what's the yeah. What's the yeah. what the mechanism to actually you would hope prevent that, that? The mechanism should be that uh, they flag some shit and be like, you can't like. But why? Why should the net those those uh, I don't even know what to call them the people social who media run those, companies? Yeah, why should they? What what is there to stop them? Well, I'm from saying doing that? like I'm what saying, is the actual repercussions for them legally and financially because that's the only thing that really matters i agree that makes sense that that makes sense uh arista final thoughts on this okay so i'm gonna give a a really quick story one one time my uh of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world sorry go ahead (laughs) i had one of my yeah no it was there it was there and you took it and that's fine um one time one of my family members sent me a video over facebook of a Muslim woman uh, speaking uh, in Arabic, or rather not English, I should say. I, I don't want to assume Arabic. And the subtitles were talking about how they're going to make like an American caliphate and overthrow the government and whatever. And it was dated 1989. And my uncle had said, this is Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib from Michigan. And and started spouted some like nonsense, some kind of like racist, like run of the mill, like you, you can fill in the blanks. And all I did was respond, this video is from 1989, Rashida Tlaib would have been 11. And that's it. That's all I said. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, yep, that's a video of a woman speaking. And so I, I'm assuming on parlor, like people aren't going to say, say stuff right. like that. They're going to go, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Rashida Tlaib is not mm-hmm. compatible with America. But at the same, so I guess I, my final thought is that I really don't have a decision uh, because should there be a, should that bubble be pierced? Yes. But I also don't want to see it. I don't want to care about it. So go, go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, I think that's fair. I, I like that. I do think that that's like very important that no, like they're not going to have anyone that's there. That's like, that's not true. Here's what it is. Because truthfully though, people won't necessarily like outwardly admit, Ooh, I was wrong about this. If you get the facts about something and you go deeper and see, oh, shit, that is actually a fact, it's harder to deny that. So I, I think that... I, I don't think that's true. Uh, I'm, look, I agree. <laughs> they, that... they will deny, deny in face of yeah. mountains of evidence. It does not matter. There's like... The number 71 million people voted for Donald Trump's second term. They had all the evidence they needed about all the lies he's told, and they still voted to reelect him as our president. There are so many people who can't be reached because they don't want to be. I agree, but I think the problem is when you take away the ability for that to for those people to be reached, that could become a big old potential huge problem. Um, but 
you're, I mean, you're you're right. They you, you can't. You're not gonna be reached if you don't want to be reached. That's just factual. That's that's just facts. If you if you are like, I don't want to. I'm not letting anybody affect the way I feel about this. Then no one's gonna affect. The way and you feel I, about. I do want to say I don't think you're wrong. I think that this will probably lead to more terrorists. But like, <laughs> I don't just because there's no censorship, no like. Limiting violent speech. And, We've seen and gab- some of like, the things yeah. on Parlor, and they're not great. It's just I don't actually know how anyone stops it from, like the the, and I think it's just the direction of our country at this Here's, point. Wanna, I don't know if anyone stops it. Go ahead, Arista. I was going to say I think uh, an unfortunate and morbid reality might be is if on Parlor someone is so radicalized that they commit terrorist acts and then the media scrutinizes Parlor so aggressively that they have to shut it down. Yeah. If someone goes on Parlor and says, I'm going to go shoot up a synagogue and they do so, uh, I think that is a way. It's and it's like unfortunate. Like, I, I don't, yeah, that's what like, happened with A-Chan, didn't it? Like doesn't they, A-Chan still yeah. exist, though? But I think they really cracked down. <laughs> yeah. Comparatively. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I think, I think, all I think all sides of this are right, right? Like, I I understand like the I understand the the urge to like go somewhere where you feel like you can speak freely, but the problem is like when you're completely wrong and allowing yourself to just be inundated with horribly terrible racist backwards ass views that's not good and with no one piercing that bubble you're going to internalize it as truth and it's much easier to become radicalized um so our uh, here at alcoholics we say get back to myspace everybody needs to get back to myspace if we all get back on myspace and start taking these seen ass photos like we used to take <laughs> fucking my goodness! Yes, the, <laughs> we're we're on a podcast, so no one can see that Arista <laughs> put his hand like all the way to the sky, as if taking a photo from a phone all the way up there. Let's do it. Let's get back. Let's bring it back. It was great for music. Um. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. Um. So we, um, as progressives, really want a progressive cabinet. Um. Joe Biden has the options to choose his cabinet and he has different ways he can bypass Congress, um, sorry, bypass the Senate to get that cabinet installed. And I, for one, think he should use every fucking one of them. So we're going to go through some cabinet picks. We chose some uh, some cabinet positions uh, and we have them here. We also, um, I believe, Arista went deeper than we did and has more (laughs) so we'll mostly be scrutinizing his um and let's start with um let's start with secretary of education we currently have betsy devos who as we all know is great at keeping bears out of classrooms (laughs) but bad at every other aspect of her job and one of the few like cabinet members that remained from start to finish that's right well as as of right now start to finish (laughs) oh isn't that that's that's a beautiful phrase that i didn't think i'd i'd get to hear that i love so much she was there from start to finish this thing's fucking finished in january um so 
Uh, Secretary of Education. I want to just preface this that Biden has said he he's committed to appointing someone to this position who served as a public school teacher. Yes. That's important to note with these picks. That's important to note with these picks. And I currently I don't know if either of the two people I've chosen um, did, but I assume they did. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) Katrina, what what, what were your um, sec of ed picks? Well, you say picks. I picked one. You picked one person for each position. I've got some ideas about like another person for some, but like mostly just the one. So um, my pick for education is Lily Escalesen Garcia. Good. So, that and, middle one, and, probably pronounced wrong. And based on the way that you that you struggle to pronounce that name, I'm going to guess. Eskelson. Eskelson. <laughs> Let's say that. What, what, uh, what do you know about her? Um, she was a former elementary school teacher. She started her career in education as a lunch lady. Um, and she was the former president of the National Education Association. So she's got both the uh, public education teacher background and also a union background. Mm-hmm. So she's being floated as one of the uh, top picks for the position. Um, I think she seems like a very good choice. Uh, Arista, what do you got? All right, so I uh, wanted to look at this position uh, independent. I didn't know Biden actually said that. Um, but I wanted to look at this someone who's been a public school teacher uh, and a member of the union. So mm-hmm. I also actually picked Lily Eskelson Garcia. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so she was the, the president of the National Education Association, which is the largest teachers union in the United States. Um, I wrote she was a special education teacher. Uh, and a public school teacher. She was 1989's Utah Teacher of the Year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she's quoted as saying, we should tax millionaires, not teachers and bus drivers. Uh, and she uh, very strongly dislikes the policies from Betsy DeVos. <laughs> so that's um, that's always um, that's always the best. If you don't like Betsy DeVos, um, you're probably you're you're much higher in my book. <laughs> You know, and she's a, I believe she's a person of color. I think yeah. she, uh, don't, uh, don't. <laughs> you gotta I, know, you can't say it. No, no. Like I didn't know. I couldn't tell if she, if her husband is named Garcia. I didn't know if she, because of her uh, married name or not, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, so I just want to say, I believe just for the rec- record, I, I think she's a, a Latinx uh, individual. Okay. I uh, chose now. I, I originally, I have two here and I, my I, my top pick, my second one was uh, Randy Weingarten, who is the uh, president of the American Federation of Teachers. Um, but I my choice was um, Zakia Smith Ellis. Um, she was the former um, secretary of higher education in New Jersey. Um, cares a whole lot about um, getting rid of student loan debt. Um, she, you know, like like she's worked in a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, government positions in um in new jersey she is a a woman of color i very much want this cabinet to be stacked to the motherfucking brim with people of color with women of color um i i did my best to like not pick white men and and for those for for those people who were like no that's isn't that in itself uh sexist or racist 
go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, please eat a big bag of dicks. I don't care. Um, but yeah, so I thought that she'd be great at. I, th- I think that she'd be great at it, and uh, I, I think that she would be a um, good choice for uh, for the left and for Dems. Um, because anyone who is trying to fucking get rid of student loan debt um, can definitely push Biden to that. Get rid of the fifty thousand dollars worth of debt um, by executive order. Um, I'm into which that. he's rumored to be planning to do, which would be absolutely amazing. Numerous people. Have been, um, yeah. And just to be clear, Lily Eskelson uh, Garcia is uh, Latina. Um, so she is a person of color. Um, oh. Also, I wanted to note that most all but one of my picks are women. So just want to. That's that fair. And I think Biden did commit to like. 50% of his cabinet being Biden, women or something. You know, like said he, that he, he wanted, made very specific goals. Biden said he, he the quote I believe was that he wanted his cabinet to affect to uh, reflect the American people. Yeah. So he is going to try to pick more um, women, more people of color. And I think that that's fucking great because I'm uh, uh, yes, we, she should. Um, but but yeah. So. All right. Uh, who wants to pick the next one that, uh, out of the list that we have? Katrina, you pick the next one that we go to. All right. Um, how about Attorney General? Ma- um, currently, we've got Bill Barr. Bill Barr. Who seceded Jeff Sessions. So two really tops Attorney Generals. I think we need to go back a little further and go to our acting Attorney General, Sally Yates, and give her hey! the full position. She's on my list. Yeah. Because... Uh, what I, I think that was such a pivotal moment right in the beginning of Trump's mm-hmm. presidency to have someone in that position uh, stand up to him in the face of, you know, losing her job. Yeah. And, and that, you know, she was principled enough to um, make that decision. I think she'd be great in the position. Yeah, I think that she was, I think, one of the first people. Um, to like be fired by Donald Trump in uh, in his presidency because of the fact that she wouldn't um, uphold or or defend rather his Muslim um, ban. his Muslim ban that was mm-hmm. just fucking illegal and racist um, and yeah so I, I think that that was a great pick I she was on my list I had three people um, I had her I my my top pick I'll, I'll give I had her and I had Larry Krasner the DA of Philadelphia shout out <laughs> to Philadelphia I know that everybody no. I know that everybody who's listening knows that me and Philly have some problems with each other but recently we've been doing real good so the <laughs> way to go Philly for way to go um but I uh, my choice was Keith Ellison um. Keith Ellison, Attorney General of um, Minnesota. Let me make sure I got that right. But Attorney General of Minnesota, um, I believe the first um, Muslim to hold that hold that seat um, to hold that position. Um, he's a progressive. He went against Tom Perez and lost for the DNC. Uh, he has. I, I. 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 He's one of the most captivating people that I that I have had the pleasure of like getting to witness Mm -hmm. and i think that he will um represent the country very very well um defending the things that we uh hold dear um arista what do you got 
Uh, first, I want to say uh, to your Larry Krasner uh, point, uh, I live in Philadelphia. I love him. He's um, he's very like pro criminal justice reform. Mm -hmm. And so he's um, like he's commanded, I guess, the attorneys in Philly to kind of relax a lot of criminal uh, criminal cases a bit. Uh, so, you know, good, good pick there. I didn't consider him. But uh, wow. I have two. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, he's a white man terrain, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's um, why he didn't get the top vote for me. <laughs> I have, um, I have two. Wait, hang on. Let me just be clear. That's not why he didn't. Get the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two here. I think one is more of a, a dream, uh, and the other one is probably more realistic. Uh, the first one, which is a dream, is um, Preet Bharara, and I'm going to apologize if I mispronounce. No, I his think name, you got but... that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's a former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, which mm -hmm. is New York City. Uh, and he's fo he focused on counterterrorism, uh, racketeering, financial crimes. Like he prosecuted a lot of Wall Street crime uh, and white collar crime. Um, so he's experienced pr pr doing that. He also uh, prosecuted extra territory crimes, uh, you know, so not in the United States. He's actually banned from Russia. Hmm. Uh, um I think a pro for him is that he's not a politician. He's he's worked like as as an attorney, a U.S. True. attorney, yeah. for his whole career. Basically, he was never held elected office. He's um, another person of color, uh, and he has a, a a very strong resume. Uh, he's also worked with uh, Biden before in the Obama administration, because uh, I think Obama was the one who appointed him to the U.S. attorney's office. So uh, Biden has familiarity. Um, a, a con I wrote down is that technically it's a conflict of interest if you were to prosecute Trump because Trump fired him, technically. Uh, so if, if you know, the attorney general were to go after Trump's financial crimes, it's technically a conflict of interest. Well, he could recuse himself and... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Jeff Sessions did. Yep. Speaking of Jeff Sessions... Uh-huh. Is he your second? The other... <laughs> if 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 he, if Breit if Breit doesn't get it, we gotta go sessions. We gotta give it to sessions. Uh, the uh, my well, first let me say for Preet Bharara, I, I considering his background in financial crimes, racketeering, uh, counterterrorism, I think he would be a great attorney general to go after any potential crimes that uh, Donald Trump may have committed uh, yeah. or the Trump organization committed. So your, that's kind of why. So this is like a this is a like going after Trump pick. If if the AG decides to do it, yes. <laughs> but I, I would want rather a perfect, a good AG with exper extensive experience doing that. Uh, my second pick, uh, and this one I think is more realistic, uh, is uh, Senator Doug Jones. Um, yeah, he was why, my second. That's why I said speaking of Jeff Jeff Sessions. He was yeah. my second. Uh, By the way, yeah. Just so the just so the listening uh, just so the listening audience knows, um, the three branches of government. <laughs> They are the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. They're not the House, Senate, and executive. Uh, you, Alabama, you fucking elected an idiot. Yeah. He his, they elected a football. His coach. claim to fame was he he coached football. That's it. Yeah. You know what Doug Jones was? A fucking civil rights attorney. Are you guys fucking kidding me? Sorry. Go ahead, Arista. Yeah. So. He's, he, just like Preet Bharara, uh, is also a former U.S. attorney in the Northern District of Alabama. Um, he's the current U.S. senator, but that won't be on January 6th. 
as he lost uh, his Senate race to Tommy. And this is my favorite thing. Is his, na- his name is Tuberville. I think Tommy Tuberville is such a stupid fucking name. It sounds like anyway. Dale Dimondo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like Dale Dimondome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimondome. No, wait. Doug Dimondome was owner of the Dimsdale Dimondome. Dale Dimondome was Dale Dimondome was son of Doug Dimondome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimondome. <laughs> Eddie, if um, you're Tommy listening. Tuberville, over, owner of the Tuberville. Eddie, oh. Eddie, if you're listening, you're welcome. We did this. You're welcome. <laughs> fairly odd parents. FYI. Baby, fairly odd parents. Dimodome. Right? It Dimodome. just sounds like a cartoon name. Yep. It's not like yeah. a real well, adult senator's name. Well, when you hear the answers that he gives to questions, it also sounds cartoonish and not like what an adult should say. I do. Th- I do uh, agree. I think Doug Jones would be a very good attorney general. He just—he's a very like uh, um, honorable man. I think like just yeah. really yeah. dedicated and cares about the truth and cares about what's right, even though he knew doing the right thing a lot was going to cost him this seat, and it did. But, we here know. at Alcoholics love and respect Doug Jones. Who? Doug Jones. <laughs> Who? Doug Jones. <laughs> yep, I, actually, that was my only reason for picking him, because I wanted to hear you do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Arista, what, Some, are you, uh, what are you drinking while we while you do this? What are you drinking? Uh, I have a, a Captain Morgan spiced rum and then some ginger ale. Ooh. So, just uh, something quick and easy, but... Um, uh, some more stuff on Doug Jones. Um, he, during his time as the U.S. Attorney General, uh, excuse me, excuse me, during his time as the former U.S. Attorney in uh, the Northern District of Alabama, he prosecuted some KKK members uh, as well as a serial bomber. Uh, he successfully prosecuted them. Um, some pros that I have, uh, and this I'm putting pro here kind of in quotes because this this point might be a a bit contentious, but he has kind of a centrist voting record. Um, yeah. He's kind of more, one of the more moderate Democrats. So yeah. if Biden were looking for a, uh, a kind of reach across the aisle kind of pick, so to speak, Doug Jones would kind of fit that bill. <laughs> Tommy um, Tuberville wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he could be appointed with no issue uh, mm-hmm. in the Senate. Not, I don't think that should matter. I think you should fuck it. But uh, if, you Zach, were to, baby. If, if one were to make that point, like, oh, we, we want to appoint you know, someone who's going to make it through the Senate mm-hmm. uh, approval process, Doug Jones will absolutely do that. Yeah. I- I'd like to watch his former peers uh, vote him down. That'd be really fun. Who? Um, Doug Jones. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he is, um, he's very pro-criminal justice reform, uh, and he wants to eliminate the three strike laws for nonviolent crimes, yes. which would be big, you know. Which should so, be. Uh, there should not be three strike laws fucking anywhere. Yeah. There shouldn't be so. three strike laws. There shouldn't be mandatory minimums. The shit is trash. The shit is racist. Get this the fuck out of here. Yep. Exactly. So that's why uh, that's why I think he being a good choice. I do have uh, some cons. Um, uh, again, that centrist voting record, I think if so, that might piss off some progressives. Um, yep. Uh, and he's uh, something I put down is he's never worked with Biden before. I know Biden likes to keep keep things kind of people he's worked with and have yeah. experience before. Biden does like uh, to like to be around people who he's been around and who he has a rapport with, who he has a relationship with. Um, one of the things that Biden and Obama did during um, his presidency was, I think, was it at least once a week they had dinner together? 
Um, like I believe it was at least once a week they either had lunch or dinner together. Um, and that was one of what Biden had said. I wanted to do that so that I, um, so that we could like connect together as like a and and I think that he does value his relationship with people. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, the count the counterpoint to that is that you know he's a former colleague of Madam Vice President Elect Kamala Harris, so it's you know it doesn't work with he hasn't worked with Biden specifically, but he has yeah. worked with um, future VP uh, Kamala Harris. So that's, that's all I, I have on uh, ooh, Doug Jones. I love hearing future VP Kamala Harris. I can't wait to drop the future. I fucking love it. I I I am so happy. Like, I voted for her in the fucking primary, and that meant because I'm in PA, I had to write her ass in. <laughs> I had my option between uh, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and Tulsi Gabbard, <laughs> and I got to I got to write in Kamala, and that was oh man, to see her become the vice president is going to be huge for me. All right, um, uh, Arista, you go ahead and give us the next one. Pick pick whichever. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Right after this. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're back from the pee break. Um, uh, Arista, you get to choose what? What, Katrina? What? <laughs> this is for you. Um, Arista, you get to choose next. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the uh, another very important position, which is the Secretary of State. Um, I have two, two candidates here. Again, this one's one that I think uh, is the best choice, and then one that I, uh, has a possibility of happening. Uh, the first is the uh, what many consider to be the vice president candidate runner-up, uh, Susan Rice. Yes. Um, yep, my choice. Hey! So, yeah, she uh, ha- is a career public servant, uh, but not a politician, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a good thing. Again, uh, former UN ambassador uh, and the national security advisor under uh, Barack Obama. She has extensive experience uh, on the job, uh, another person of color, and has worked with uh, uh, Biden before. Um, and like I said, she was a VP candidate, allegedly. Um, some cons that I have, some some negative dings, is the big one, the big, the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Ghazi himself. Benjamin Ghazi. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't think it's actually a serious con, um, because I'm a rational thinking human being, but I can see that. Yeah, the... but you haven't seen what Par- Parler says about it yet. Exactly, exactly, or we, me, or whatever the fuck it's called. Me, we, 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 me, me. Um, you know, I, a Senate confirmation hearing might be a little uh, um, contentious because of that. Yeah. Uh, but who cares? Again, I, I don't think that should count. I don't think that's something you should think about when right. picking your cabinet. Right. Um, I just think it's worth it's worth mentioning here. Yeah. Um, you know, and I put down she doesn't have any legislative experience in working in foreign relations. And the only reason I put that down doesn't was mean. because of my next candidate, uh, who is the Delaware Senator Chris Coons, good oh. friend of uh, Joe Biden. Chris Coons. OK, I didn't see that yeah. one coming. You know, I, I, I don't think this one I think this one is like maybe likely, but just possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he is the senator from Delaware. He's very good friends with Joe Biden, like really good friends. Um, he is on the Committee for Foreign Relations, uh, including uh, various subcommittees. Um, he was born in Kenya, uh, actually. Um, uh, not that that gives any experience, but, you know, he, he I think he focused education-wise on, like, African uh, politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's on the appropriations committee and subcommittee for the department of state so like a lot of this is like a lot of legislature legislative stuff for uh foreign relations is his experience is bread and butter um the con I have against him is he has no hands-on diplomatic experience. So where Susan Rice has extensive hands-on experience, mm-hmm. Chris Coons has none, but he has more legislative experience. Right. Um, also nepotism, like that was, you know, uh, Delaware. Delaware. I mean, is that's always... literally Joe Biden's old seat. We cannot. Yep. He's in Joe Biden's. Old yep. seat. We cannot keep giving these kids from Delaware jobs. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> You know, ultimately, Susan Rice is my choice. I think it's the best fit, the best possible option. But I wanted to include Chris Coons just as another uh, example. So Yeah, Susan was also my choice, 100%. Okay. Um, So Susan Rice was one of my choices as well, but I'm going to give my other choice just because um, Susan Rice uh, has already gotten all the accolades that she deserves in this chat. She is is wonderful. She is an amazing person. I I think that she'd be great at this job. Um, But I uh, also put in Representative Barbara Lee from uh, California's 13th District. Barbara Lee, I believe the only person to vote against um the authorization of force in um Iraq uh, sorry Iraq um after the September 11 attacks um the only congressional uh the only congressional member to vote against it so she has that like we we constantly have that uh fight of you know you voted for the Iraq war you didn't vote for the Iraq war you voted for the she's the only one who actually didn't vote for the Iraq war in the House of Representatives um she is a powerful progressive uh, she is uh, respected on. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say she's respected on both sides of the aisle. Um, she has made so, she has taken some votes that were um not necessarily um what the Democrats wanted. I.e., one of the one of them being um trying to limit the funds that were given to uh, the Libyan government. Um, she is she is thoughtful. She is. Uh, a, a great um, person in Congress. I think that she'd be great at the job. Um, I but I, I also put Susan Rice um, on my list at the top. But Barbara Lee would be fucking fantastic as well. Was she uh, on the short list for vice president? She as well? was not on the short list for vice president. Val Demings was, hmm. um, uh, and uh, Karen Bass was. You didn't hear a lot of talk about Barbara Lee, which is fucking b- bananas because she's fucking dope. Um, Katrina, you go ahead and pick this next one. Wait. No, you haven't. I picked the next one. I'm going to pick the next one. I will say, all right, I'm going to do one. I'm going to do the EPA administrator. (laughs) I'm going to do that because I only put one person down and it is one of the few white people, white men that I have on this list. Uh, it's our man, Jay Inslee, sexy Jay, uh, daddy Jay, zaddy Jay with them glasses, baby. Um, uh, Jay Inslee ran, ran for president under the, uh, urgent message of we need to deal with climate change and we need to do it now. We need to do it right now. He has a plan to deal with climate change. He has, um, on every occasion, like opted to talk about climate change and on love it or leave it. He was smart enough that to kill Harry Potter before he realized that JK Rowling was a problem. Um, I was literally going to, I was going to bring that up. So good. <laughs> yes. See, 
this is oh wow the fact that we both have like we both go to the same well of jokes is fantastic <laughs> um uh so literally I, governor jay Inslee was my only choice for for epa administrator i know that there are other people that would be great but i i went with uh jay Inslee. um katrina what about you i went with the only man on my list and it's not Jay Inslee. Mm. Um, it's Dr. Mustafa Santiago Ali, who um, served in the EPA for 24 years and is a climate justice activist. Um, so he would be a very progressive choice for the position, um, but he's got extensive experience. He's the vice president of environmental justice at the National Wildlife Federation right now. Um but I think when it comes to the EPA, as progressive as we can get is the best possible thing, especially after four years of Donald Trump yeah. and, you know, the world ending. And just uh, like just unbelievable, unbelievable uh, dismay at the EPA. No one yeah. really running it. And the the Trump administration just allowing people to dump nonsense into our water and. All sorts of other stuff. Yeah, and I think it's really great to have someone coming at it for the, from the perspective of like climate justice. Yeah, as just opposed to you know climate change and all that because that's a really important perspective and the um, effects of climate change are not uniform across all peoples. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think he'd be a really excellent choice for that position and and kind of radical. Arista. Cool. Yeah, this is one where I think none of us have the same person. Uh, my pick is uh, Heather McTeer Tony. Oh, okay. Okay. I pronounce it. Um, so she is a the former regional EPA administrator for the Southeast, which is all the the American South. So think of it that like that uh, under President Obama. So she's worked with uh, the Biden with Biden before under the Obama administration. Um, she has a career in environmental justice and grassroots environmental organizing. Uh, she's the current national field director of Moms Clean Air Force, which is a uh, kind of air quality uh, uh, organization. Um, she has written and spoken extensively about climate change as a uh, racial justice issue. So that's kind of what her focus is. Um, uh, there's an article in the New York Times that I can't read because I don't have a New York Times subscription. I would have loved to have read it and give a summation, Loser. A summation about it. <laughs> Um, but she is a, a per another person of color. She's a, a black woman, and I she obviously believes one. she believes that climate change is real. So you know, um, I think again, <laughs> miles ahead, impressed. miles ahead of <laughs> of a lot of Trump appointees. Yeah. She's very progressive, uh, and a lot of the things that uh, Katrina you mentioned uh, apply to her as well, as mm -hmm. far as progressive policies. So you know, both you guys went with old white people, and I. Uh, didn't, How so. dare Wait, you? Um, Excuse me? How dare you? You think Mustafa okay, Santiago excuse me, excuse me. Ali is an <laughs> old white man? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're, no, you're right. We're you're gonna, wrong. You're right. Let me real... just take a sip of this. <laughs> We're going to oh. real quick cut to our, our new segment called Egg on Your Face. <laughs> Fully accepted, please. Yeah. Um, uh, Katrina. He's not white, just to be <laughs> we... Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Katrina, go ahead and uh, I believe you pick the next one. Sure. Um, let's do Secretary of the Interior. Okay. We have the and same I one. have a feeling we've got some similarities here. I know we do. Yeah. 
so the reason I wanted to talk about this is because um, this uh, position was brought up um, by indigenous groups uh, across the United States. We have the same person. We then. all have the same person. We all have the same person. <laughs> good, 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 good. Go um, because there has not been a Native American in the cabinet. Uh, in the entire history of the United States. So it's That's fucking weird. time. That's and weird. the Department of the Interior uh, is in charge of uh, tons of native land and, and reservations and that sort of thing. So uh, I, I'm going to say all of our picks for this position uh, is Rep. Deb Holland um, from New Mexico. Yeah. 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 Yep. Representative Deb, Deb Holland. Uh, that was that was who I, I, I put in there. She um, would be the only pick i think yeah well uh, i think i saw um steve bullock no i saw steve bullock too and i (laughs) i i laughed and went huh and then continued about my day yeah (laughs) like no it's absolutely not steve bullock um it is it is deb holland uh Mm -hmm. there's she said she'd be happy to serve in the position so i think this is a no-brainer for the biden administration i hope yeah i looked up uh the current um the current current secretary of the interior's name is David Bernhardt, and he uh, is an oil lobbyist. Okay, uh, cool. So, mm. kind of when I was looking, cool, cool. Uh, I was looking for someone who, with a record of conservationism and kind of, uh, mm. has a strong voting record for that. So that's kind of why I gravitated towards uh, uh, Representative Holland. She's um, yeah, she's very progressive. Was, supports the Green yeah. New Deal. She is yep. she is who we need in 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 this kind of position. Yeah, so uh, some some things I put down. She's the current vice chair of the House Committee of Natural Resources and the chair of the National Parks, Forest, and Public Lands Subcommittee. Um, she sponsored a bunch of major bills that became law focusing on the Department of Interior to preserve Native American reservations. You know, she herself is a, a, a Native American indigenous person, um, uh, and she'd be the first woman to hold the yeah. position. She's got a, she's got a JD in... Um... It says Indian law. I'm going to go ahead and say Native American law. <laughs> I don't believe she's uh, I, ugh, I really hate that we still keep going Indian in all of our things. Fix your shit, Cleveland. Fix it. <laughs> um, Who goes first this time? Arista. Arista, you go first. Let me go through and see if there's something we've not done yet. Uh, oh, the Secretary of Labor. There's Labor, Treasury, and Defense. Those are the ones we're doing. Um, those are the three we have left. Yeah, so I'm going to go labor, uh, Secretary of Labor. So uh, when when kind of looking at this position, I wanted to look at unions mm-hmm. um, and kind of try to try to focus on uh, a union member. Um, so there are two large, the two largest unions in the United States are the outside of the teachers union um, uh, are the Teamsters and the AFL CIL. Yeah. Um, the pre- current president of the Teamsters is James Hoffa, who is the son of Jimmy Hoffa. Um, <laughs> I didn't. So know I just I, I kind of went nope, <laughs> no thank you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, That's a, I just learned something today. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> S- same. When I looked that up, I went, oh, huh. <laughs> huh. I don't know if we could do this. Um, the current president of the AFL CIO is a, a man named Richard Trumka. Um, I wrote really small handwriting, so forgive me. Uh, he was on Donald Trump's manufacturing council, uh, but left after Trump made the uh, both sides comments about Charlottesville. Well, there are um, good people on both sides. 
He's also very, he's been very critical. Uh, Richard Trumpka is kind of a, basically like a both both parties are bad sort of deal. So I, I wrote him off too. I, I, like that's kind of where I started was I wanted a labor guy. I looked at the presidents kind of went down. Uh, and so I landed on my pick, uh, which is a man named William Spriggs. Oh, William Spriggs. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yep. So he's a professor of economics at Howard University, which is the uh, uh, same university that uh, Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Harris went to. Um, he does a lot of qualitative research on labor, workforce discrimination, pay equality. Uh, and he was the chief economist for the AFL-CIO, which again is the largest, uh, one of the largest trade unions in the United States. So he's got um, qualitative research experience looking at uh, labor and he's worked for a union. Mm -hmm. So, it, and he was the assistant secretary of labor for policy under Obama. So he's got legislative, well, he's got a uh, executive experience. He's got, he looks at facts and research and data. Um, he is, uh, he's an economics professor. Uh, so if you want fact-based, he's your guy. Yeah. Um, and he's also, uh, uh, again, another person of color. So yeah, he was the, um, he was the chair of the economics department at Howard university since 2005. Um, and he was um, a fellow at the economic policy Institute and director of the National Urban League. Uh, yeah, no, this is a fucking great pick. This is a fucking great pick. By the way, a, a bunch of a bunch of the facts I'm grabbing, and I just want to make sure that it's clear. And I'm going to post the link in here. Are for are from a um a a report from Data for Progress. That's uh, the Progressive Cabinet Report. Um, so I'm going to post that in the in the description of the episode uh, so people can kind of check that out as well, because th this is a fucking wealth of information about people that would be great to um, be in the cabinet. But no, that's a fucking great pick. Um, Katrina, what about you? OK, so I did something a little different here because I know a lot of people are putting this person in for uh, Treasury. Uh, but I think she'd do very well with the Labor Department, and that's Elizabeth goddamn Warren. Oh, baby Elizabeth! Yeah, well, I mean, we all know she's got the economics background. Ooh, she's so Elizabeth. smart. Um, but I just think that her um, ideologies and her uh, progressive ideals would fit really well um, with working class ideas and, and the labor um as as the secretary of labor so i put her in that position i like it better for her than the treasury uh but <laughs> i'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit but i don't really know if i want her going to the cabinet at all is the question but she's my pick for the spot okay um i'm gonna give i'm gonna give two i'm gonna give the uh, the one that I'm going to give the one that the people want to hear <laughs> and then I'm going to give another one. Um, so one of the people that I wrote down was Senator Bernie Sanders. I wrote down Senator Bernie Sanders for God. He, God damn it. He went out and fucking pulled a sign. He pulled out the sign. I got, I wrote down Senator Bernie Sanders as a secretary of labor. Um, secretary, uh, sorry, Senator Sanders would have, very favorable labor um, labor ideals, labor policies. Um, he's already said that he would accept the labor position. Um, and if you're looking for a progressive on in the cabinet um, that would uh, you know would would be a a boon to workers, 
You're looking at Bernie Sanders. He he just would. Um, it's not a question. And also, the Republican governor um, uh, of Vermont, Phil Scott, said that if Bernie Sanders gets appointed to the cabinet, he would appoint a um, a uh, an independent who caucused with the Democrats. Um, he would appoint, you know, someone like Bernie Sanders, who is an independent who caucuses with the Democrats. So whether whether the, whether he, that person would be for as far to the left as um, Sanders, he didn't say. I don't believe, but I, I think that it's it's enough to like know that this uh, this governor is willing to try to keep the Senate the same way um, for Sanders to get this position. And I think I I think. Sanders has proven that he has a movement around him and he would be able to help the Biden administration shape um, the nation into what it needs to be. And he would also be able to just help the Biden administration, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, navigate progressive policies regarding workers. It's just it's just he would be better. He would be better for it. Um, It's worth it's worth mentioning really quick that uh, in Vermont, the the law states that the governor appoints the senator, but within six months, there has to be a special election. Right. So at the worst, we'd get six months of uh, someone that we don't want, uh, Vermonters don't want, and then they can elect somebody. Yeah. I also put in um, Julie Sue. Um, she's the Secretary mm-hmm. of Labor and Workforce Development and, uh, Agency of California. Um, she's the daughter of immigrants. She is a staunch um, progressive um and and I think that she would be just as good as Senator Sanders, but we all know everybody wants Senator Sanders, so I don't. I'm just gonna go with that. I'll let everybody know that's where I was at. But there, there are there are others. Um, we've got two more that we're gonna do. Um, who goes next? You go next. Right? I go next. I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna do. Uh, what I have here for. I'll I'll choose to do Secretary of Defense. Um, because I only have one person for secretary of defense. Um, and that is the, um, uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth, Tammy Duckworth, um, served Tammy Duckworth, um, was a combat veteran and lost, I believe both her legs in combat. Tammy Duckworth has, is a, is a, um, it's a progressive who has experienced, um, you know, what is going on. And, and I think that her, uh, I think that her, um, input and her values and her beliefs and her understanding of the defense, uh, of the, uh, defense sector would be, uh, better for the, the nation to go to, to have. Um, I think it's easy to pick someone who, you know, like they're, they're we, we tend to like pick like defense contractors or or um you know i i just think that i think that tammy duckworth would be um the best choice for the position um uh arista go ahead so uh i while i do agree that tammy duckworth is a great choice i have someone else um her name is uh michelle flournoy or flournoy okay i'm not sure how to pronounce that yeah yeah no good uh the reason why i picked her is that um you know barack obama when picking his cabinet decided to focus on what he called like a team of rivals, like people he had disagreements with. That's what, that's what, that's what fucking Lincoln called them. (laughs) Okay. Well, listen, that's what, that's what Biden's going to call him too. So that's why I picked her here. Um, She has lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of experience. 
from Bill Clinton to Barack Obama. She's worked in pretty much every Democrat administration. Mm. Well, I guess there's only been two uh, <laughs> since Bill Clinton. <laughs> since um, Bill Clinton. She's been in all of them. <laughs> uh, you know, she authored papers recently on China and Asia, and she's a big proponent of uh, unmanned warfare and using drones. She's clearly focused on uh, uh, yep, yeah, North Korea uh, and preventing and or carrying out conflict in 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 Asia. Um, she also is the reason why we bombed Libya when Gaddafi was there, uh, which she had a very strong disagreement with Joe Biden. So um, I think uh, the cons is I wrote down, oh, look, a policy war hawk. Progressives won't like that. And I think that's a, a big. Right. But should anybody like that? <laughs> should should <Joe> Biden? <laughs> why? Why we don't. I don't know why anyone wants a hawk on the cabinet. I think I just followed the same logic that, uh, I mean, hey, look, John Kasich might be in the cabinet. So yeah, <laughs> might, again, might be versus want them to be. This is this is this like one, a, this one. OK, listen, this uh, is a dream cabinet like fucking draft. Like this is not. All right. All right. I, I didn't treat this pick as that sort of situation. I thought this was going to be a more realistic. No, more realistic selection. So <laughs> I don't want uh, someone who's like, you know, it's great. The drone war. I don't think that, that person should be in the cabinet. Yeah, that's. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I also uh, and, picked and... Duckworth. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like what I'm hearing from her. Cool. That's where we're at. <laughs> That's where we're at, my man. No, <laughs> yeah, all right. Are we going to do Secretary of Treasury now? Yeah, we sure. We can. I mean, I know you understand. You love the drone war. You love drone strikes. You do the best. All right. <laughs> Secretary of the Treasury. By the way, I am joking. I don't believe that Arista loves the drone strikes that the, that we do. Right? I, I I think I think from from the group chat's perspective, from from what I understand from the group chat perspective, you are one of the most critical of drone strikes that I see in the group chat. So true. I'm I'm clearly joking when I say, quote. Arista loves drone strikes. He loves them more than anything in the world. This is this was definitely a pick that like I don't think I'd I'd like, but I, I can see happening. Yeah, so that's why I put it in. And, and I'll admit so. that I I don't know if I made this clear that this was like a, like a fantasy thing. I think that I think that. And by the way, it's not completely a fantasy thing because I think we pick people that have a legitimate shot of being chosen for the cabinet. Um, but but yeah, I didn't pick anybody that I was like. Ooh, I'd hate this. <laughs> she's, she's. I think she's definitely a pick. That's again, if you want to, Biden wants to show like reaching across the aisle sort of deal. She's probably it. Yeah. Um, without picking Republicans, which yeah. uh, would be dumb, but you know. Well, except in one instance, we're gonna get to <laughs> that. Three. We're gonna get or to three. that. <laughs> we're gonna get to that. Or three. How many people can run HUD? All right. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Secretary of the Treasury, who goes first on this? Me. I picked uh, Janet Yellen, um, former chair of the Federal Reserve. Hey, hey. Um, I, I mean, I think she's obviously extremely qualified for this position. No, no question um, about that. She was uh, chair of the Federal Reserve from 2014 to 2018. Uh, she was president of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco and chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors under Bill Clinton. 
Um, and she's a she's a labor economist, economist, yeah, economist, that economist. That's how you say it. <laughs> who believes that government <laughs> regulation and intervention are required to ensure markets run efficiently. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I think she's an obvious qualified, deserving pick. Arista, what you got? Uh, I have um, Sarah Bloom Raskin. Um, she is a former Obama administrator, worked with, uh, obviously worked with Biden before uh, because of that. She worked in the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve. Uh, she was worked under Ben Bernanke, uh, who was the Fed chair under both Bush and Obama. And, uh, you know, that might have a little bit of appeal there. Um, her reputation is under consumer protection and income inequality uh, while working at the Federal Reserve. Uh, so I think that those are both major issues. And uh, I kind of picked her because uh, I, I want someone who negotiates. This person is going to be the person negotiating with Congress for COVID relief. It's going to be someone who needs a um, kind of a, a ready to go and have the, have the right values in mind. So that's uh-huh. kind of why I picked so consumer you, protection and income inequalities. Are you saying we don't need a movie producer to be negotiating <laughs> the COVID release? Yeah, yeah. Release quick deals? question, Arista, really quick question. <laughs> what if that person was the producer of Suicide Squad? <laughs> Hey, 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 uh, Sarah Bloom Raskin or Janet Yellen, they don't have an Oscar. Yeah. I believe Steve Mnuchin has an Oscar. For what? <laughs> suicide Suicide yeah. Squad, Suicide Squad. No, Suicide Squad got like a fucking a costume uh, Oscar. Don't you dare. <laughs> All Oscars matter, Drake. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't, don't say that to me. Don't you dare say that to me. Um, Cool. I, I like where you're both at. I, I, I'll, uh, no. Um, so, um, my second place, um, was Robert Reich, um, former, uh, former labor secretary of labor in the, uh, Clinton, um, in the Clinton cabinet. He is a staunch progressive. He was very bullish on Warren or, um, on Warren or Sanders becoming the nominee. He knows that, you know, there are specific things that we need to do in this country, uh, to to make things better and they are the he has very like un unimpeachable uh progressive values um i think robert reich would be great i however my top choice was the one we've all been waiting for uh senator elizabeth warren um no not the birdie put the birdie side down uh senator elizabeth warren i think that um i mean if we're talking about someone who has to uh have the right values while knowing how to uh wrestle with congress i think senator senator elizabeth warren is that person she created the consumer financial protection bureau she created it it was hers uh she is if you're looking for someone to be more friendly to the consumer more friendly to like like she it is her she is the person who needs to be running things i i i will be very annoyed if she doesn't get picked and katrina i get where you're at where we're worried about you know what's going on with her senate seat and blah 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 but no i elizabeth warren should be on the cabinet and she should be the treasury uh, Treasury secretary i do think she absolutely deserves a cabinet position i'm just it's just concerning i know that there's a way for the uh the government of massachusetts to force the governor to pick the right you know like a democrat 
but I'm just concerned with the amount of time we might have without her in the Senate and without a suitable replacement, Mm -hmm. especially when it's going to be such a close um, Senate split. It'll be 50-50 once we win those two runoffs. Hey, donate to those runoffs. Um, Arista, you had some quick bites. What are the quick bites? Yeah, just some. Uh, there's a couple of names uh, and possible physicians. Ooh, um, can I say a real quick name that I want in the cabinet, but I don't know where? Yeah, Julian Castro. Julian Castro. I want Julian Castro on this fucking cabinet. I don't know where. I don't know where he doesn't need to do HUD again. He's already done HUD. I I want Julian Castro on this cabinet. And am I saying that because I want him to sometimes <laughs> you know fake you know take the day off and have Joaquin Castro? <laughs> do it and then he goes to the house and pretends to be joaquin castro yes i fucking want that shut up like it's not my fault i love the parent trap it's fine sorry go ahead what's that like the eighth time you've made that joke on this podcast? <laughs> it's been a while though. i just want to say one it's i haven't done while. it in a while and two eight is lowball again yeah. <laughs> definitely um so <laughs> um i had a um Former Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know, he was he conceded after Super Tuesday and endorsed Joe Biden. He's been stumping for Joe Biden uh, on Fox News pretty constantly. Uh, I think he's going to get a position. Um, uh, you know, he knows eight languages. Uh, he graduated from Harvard and Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar, uh, former military. He's a, a rising star in the party. So I penciled him in, him in as the U.N. ambassador. He's getting um, V.A. He's getting VI. Yeah, that's the other one too. Is obvious. Yeah. Like the more obvious one. I think VA. the more problematic one is the VA, though. Like, the VA doesn't get a good rep, and unless he does amazing things with the VA, <laughs> okay. he's gonna kind of have like a. I think it's yeah. easier to work with a political career and the future that we all think that Pete's going after as UN ambassador as opposed yeah. to the VA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth would be a better VA pick. But- that's uh if she doesn't no, she's getting defense so we already talked about that move on um another one is a a, a woman by the name of melody hobson um she is the president or ceo of a company called ariel investments uh she's on the board of jp morgan chase the chicago public education fund she's the vice chair of starbucks um she's a former chairwoman of dreamworks productions you're not and, give- and what do you want her to do <laughs> commerce Secretary of Commerce. Okay. Um, she and her husband is George Lucas, the man who created Star Wars. <laughs> All right. All right. And no, no, she's a woman. She's also a woman of color. I so don't, I don't care. Okay. Terrain doesn't care. What's your next? Yeah, go ahead. Try to try to spin that against me. Do it. I dare you. What's your next <laughs> quick bite? I'm not... yeah, and so th- these these ones I, I don't have any positions for, but I want to throw question marks up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this one, it's not someone I want or am thinking about. It's just kind of a prepare yourself for this person to potentially get a, a cabinet position. And I think that's Cindy McCain. She's on Joe Biden's transition team. She's in, you know, she endorsed Joe Biden. She does have business experience. Uh, and obviously she's the, her husband is the late Senator John McCain. Again, I don't want it. Uh, like I'm No, not that's, that's him, interesting. That, I, that's something I haven't thought about, but that's very interesting. You're right though. That's very, that's a, like we need to remember that like some of these people like, like Cindy McCain, like John Kasich have a, have like, 
potentially put in the groundwork to get themselves into the cabinet. That's that's just the truth. And 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 I, I would like to say just I, I I think way more highly of um Cindy McCain than I do John Kasich. I, I, I really do. I just I'm not gonna like sugarcoat it. I think that Cindy McCain it is really like she had to, you know, stand up against the the Republican Party in Arizona to say this this guy is not good for us. And you guys know that because he's just been straight up mocking the death of my husband for a while. Like, I, I think Cindy McCain really like stood up and was was I think that was great. I, I think that John Kasich goes up and is like, nah, he won't be as liberal as you're afraid he's going to be. And it's like, fuck off, John Kasich. I hope he is like, fuck you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I did write down John Kasich again as an, another example of, I don't want this, but prepare yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, finally, the, 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 the how to solve the Senate in one easy step. Oh, here Take... we go. Hang on. We're going to find out how many. Place your bets before he says this. How many Republican senators do you think he is going to name to the same cabinet position so they can run it at the same time? You have... I mean, HUD secretary, deputy HUD secretary, and then co-deputy HUD secretary. It's going to be Pat Toomey, Richard Burr, Ron Johnson. (laughs) Never mind mind that Ron Johnson literally spent 4th of July in Russia and tried to dig up Hunter Biden stuff for like two fucking years or whatever. Never mind (laughs) that Pat Toomey on like the Wednesday of election week was saying, you know, there's still a path for Donald Trump to win Pennsylvania. Never mind that Richard Burr, uh, you know, profited off of COVID. Never mind any of that. No. Uh, because if we point them to, you know, all co-HUD secretaries that frees up their uh, Senate seats, Senate seats, excuse me, and the Democratic governors of those states can just appoint Democratic senators, and there we go. We've we've now now we have the Senate uh, at the worst fifty one uh, head, or at the best when we win those two Senate seats in Georgia. You know, fifty three. That also shows you how little Arista cares about HUD. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Arista is like after four years of Ben Carson, we need somebody in the HUD to fucking get this shit on track. Arista's like, you know what? You know what? We don't give a shit about. <laughs> Subsidized housing. HUD. Fuck Section Eight recipients. Hey, hey, I'm sorry. Do you need an affordable home? You could probably go fuck yourself. I am Listen, too busy Pat- putting random Republican losers in charge. Pat Toomey has a has a, a background in finance, and Richard Burr, Richard Burr, Richard Burr has a background in I think like owning lawn equipment. And and oh, let's remember, HUD. let's all remember, Ron Johnson has lived in a home before. <laughs> So <laughs> that's the only qualification Ben Carson had. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That's not why he got it. <laughs> it's, it's not. I'm not going to say it. it. I will. It's because Donald Trump, uh, it's because Donald Trump equates urban with black. <laughs> that is why, that's why Ben Carson, the neurosurgeon got put in charge of HUD. okay so i'm obviously joking i don't think that's gonna actually happen no we don't think that you're joking i don't think i think oh yeah we don't don't think think that you think it's gonna happen we think that you want it to happen so bad so look look, listen listen i don't think ron johnson or richard burr are going to agree i think if any and this isn't gonna happen but if any of them would it'd be pat toomey who's retiring from the senate in 2022 you know maybe he still wants to rehabilitate his image and or maybe he wants to continue public service or no. something. But again, it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. 
but I just want Pat Toomey out of my fucking seat. I love, I love that this is and become, into my HUD. I love that this is get out of my state and into my HUD. Um, <laughs> let's end this. Um, on uh, Arissa, you had a category. We a category, a topic. And um, I currently drunk me does not remember it, but I know you do. So you, oh, I remember it. It was um, Trump being a security risk. Um, now, I know we've talked about this a lot throughout the entirety of this podcast, because the whole time he's been the president, he's been a security risk, including the, <laughs> including, but not limited to the time where he just straight up told Russian spies some stuff about what we got going on. So um, we will open the floor to you, Arista, and then we will just react and scream. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll be kind of quick because I, I don't want to take up too much more time. But no, take it I've, up. Take up all no, of it. <laughs> no one, no one is really, I've seen some articles, but no one's really talking about uh, what, what a future private citizen Donald Trump looks like. And I think that's just the fact that he has a lot of debt coming due from uh, the Deutsche, Deutsche Bank. Bank. They're going to call his debt soon. So he's, that's like the number one risk for um, from the FBI is do you have a lot of debt that can be exploited? So there's yeah. that. He's going to have a grudge against the U.S. government because Joe Biden won and he lost and he's not going to get over it. Uh, and he is, he's going to be sitting on a wealth of intelligence information. Mm-hmm. So. Like, are we worried? Uh, are we going to see a Donald Trump prosecuted under the Espionage Act? Are we going to, like, is this going to happen? And, you know, Trump wants that Moscow Tower. So, like, let's. There's a lot of factors, I think, at play. Like, if we arrest him anyway because of his other crimes, do we have to worry about it? So I mean, that's a bonus. Um, is going to do it. <laughs> Also, does he remember or did he pay attention to these secrets that he should have? I will say Questionable. this. Questionable. I will say this. I 100% forgot to think about the potential that he just wasn't paying attention <laughs> yeah. or forgot. And I know this motherfucker didn't write anything down. Yeah. When's the last time he got a briefing? Come on. <laughs> so here's here's where my problem is with this. Here's where I think that this is you know, a, a much ado about nothing. I don't think Donald Trump would sell secrets or more realistically. I don't think Donald Trump would have the secrets and sell them. I think his dumbass would just say them, right? Like I, I feel like there's, there's <laughs> more, I think there's more potential in the idea that Donald Trump like is just angry and is like, and you wouldn't believe what I know about this, that, and the other thing, because he likes to have that status, right? Like he has to have, he has to have that, like, I know this information that you don't, he literally without any prompting, like told secrets to multiple people, including like Russian, definitely spies in the oval office. It's worse than that terrain. He tweeted a confidential picture of a spy satellite. He's done it. He's like, (laughs) there's like, he like just out of nowhere decides to put people's life in jeopardy. So, so I'm not like, I, I legit, because of that, I'm not concerned that he's going to, like, sell secrets to other... Like, I don't think he's going to pr- try to profit off of secrets. I think that he's dumb and is going to tell them to people. Like, I, I think that he's, like, going to go, you wouldn't believe what I know about this, and then say what he knows about this. Like, 
it it does it to me doesn't seem like like it's not far fetched because he's fucking done it before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I think you're underselling him just a little bit. Um, you know, I don't I agree think with... I'm underselling him. No, 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 I think like, I'm you're... selling him accurately. He's well, a doofus. No, agreed. That no, <laughs> you will not find me arguing that. But I just Damn think it. throughout every, every, the one consistent with throughout Trump's presidency, the only person he's looking out for is himself. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if there's a line that he won't cross to put himself back. I think the only, and here's where I think the only thing that might stop him is that it could prevent him from running for president in 2024. Yeah. I do think a lot of his behavior depends on how much he wants to do that. Right. Because he could flee the country. That is an entirely mm -hmm. possible thing he could do. He could just blow up his, you know, like his image and everything. He He could absolutely destroy himself to try to take us down. But if he wants to run, he's going to hold back from that sort of yeah. thing. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there are a lot of factors at play, but I, I definitely don't think it's wrong to wonder how no. safe we are. Yeah. No. While he's alive. But <laughs> hang on, hang on, and hang, not on. Incarcerated. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, this is a podcast. None of us can see what your face is doing. What do you mean? If he's alive, do you think he's going to be dead? What's happening? I mean, he's an old guy. Okay. Right? Okay. He's very unhealthy. <laughs> That's true. The, the, the White House now smells of, of Big Na- Big Max and Sorrow. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think, so, so, so I agree in a sense that like, there's definitely like this, this looming cloud of like, what is, um, what is Trump's next move, right? And and let's end talking about this. I think that I I think I had talked uh, to you about this where I had said that, uh, and you I mean Arista. This is a podcast. No one can see. I'm pointing at you. In fact, you can't either. Uh, this is through <laughs> Zoom. But um, I think that I think that there's like a a two to three um uh scenario situation, right? Like. One is one is Donald Trump runs again in 2024, right? So he has to keep his he has to keep his head above water and his nose clean so he can run again in 2024, which means he has to continue doing the nonsense that he's doing already and and not do any other like illegal nefarious nonsense, including selling secrets to this that or the other thing. Um, he also has the option of doing B, which is doing that and and fleeing i don't think that's likely because the dude's lazy i don't think that's what's gonna happen and i also don't i just i think I, it depends on how much he thinks he will be prosecuted <laughs> that that's really what it comes and he might know more than any of us that's true he's but, the I, but i also think that i in in my opinion i think he's looking at this situation in the sense of like i no one's touched me yet no one's gonna touch me going forward uh, but you you you're definitely right that he might know like oh I'm not being touched because I'm the president and after I'm not the president uh oh spaghettios I'm in a lot of trouble. Um, but I also like one of the other things I had thought was like what happens if one of his children run? That was scenario three, right? What if Donald Trump Jr. decides he wants to be um, the president, or what if Ivanka wants to be the president, or what if Eric wants to drive a race car? Like what are they gonna do? 
Like, what is <laughs> what are they going to do to like he he has to be able to stump for them. He has to be able to give them that credence of his like he they have his name, but they need his presence. The idea that he would sacrifice his own ambitions for his children is absolutely ludicrous. It's, it's that's crazy, that's, right? That's, that's, that's the least believable thing <laughs> yes. we've said. Right, right. That's absolutely factual. It is the least. Be- that's not happening. He's my- not going to go stump for his children unless he's already served two terms. And I don't think that's has true. tried as hard as possible to get another one. I think that he could live vicariously no. through his kids. Nope. Nope. I think that when, he will when say. When has he ever no, done that before? Nope. No. <laughs> I'm not saying he's done it before. I'm just saying if, if you like see yourself in this position where you're like, I know there's no way out of this. But someone who has the exact name as me has the ability to fulfill all the fulfill all of my dreams. I want to live those dreams through them. And I will force them to live those dreams, whether they want to or not. Look, I'm just saying it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Fine. I guess I'm wrong. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I guess I guess there's no possible way that Donald Trump stumps for his children uh, four years from now when they the want to run for The scenario is if they're running for not president. <laughs> Oh, so that's the only way he stumps for his children. If they're oh. not running for president, but running for like Senate or something. I didn't think about that. I actually didn't think about what happens if like some of them are established in specific states and like one runs for Senate in like Florida and one runs for Senate in like, I don't know, whatever dumb state, like whatever they're, because they, they're not going to like win. Like no one, no one's voting for Ivanka Trump in New York. Like no, like fat chance you're not winning New York. But like if, if, if these people decide that they're going to like run in different states. I didn't think about that. I still don't. I still don't see it. He refused to run for the people that would have helped him get elected this year. Like he, he just, I don't see him doing that for anyone. He has on numerous occasions, quote, left people out in the cold, unquote. <laughs> I think it was like four. And yeah. also in the heat. And he also overheated people in Florida, a state that he won. Like numerous times he called <laughs> Matt Gates Rick Gates <laughs> while he was stumping for Rick him. Gates. S- supposedly he, stumping for and him. And he never once mentioned Nestor. And I think that imagine that's, that's can you rude. imagine Don Trump Jr., the the only thing he wants in life is his father's approval, is running for Senate, and Donald Trump walks out and goes, my son, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's all I want now. (laughs) That's all I want now. Um... I I think I I tried to do this during the um during the sound check but I'm going to ask this as the as to to end the podcast. Um um we eventually we will stop talking about the Trump administration. Eventually we will stop talking about Trump himself. He won't exist anymore and we will be yelling about the <laughs> Sorry, that's not what I meant. But eventually, uh, that won't exist anymore. We won't be yelling. We'll just be yelling about the current administration because we still will definitely have problems with the Biden administration. So I will ask, what is what are one of the things that you are most excited to be rid of come January 21st? Sorry, January 20th, 2021. Katrina, I'll start with you. 2021st. 2020. Shut up! I'm trying. 
you know what, audience? I'm drunk. My bad. <laughs> I don't have a more eloquent answer than I gave before. I'm most happy to be rid of Donald Trump. There we I go. don't really like No, that's fine. I just I you, you I just wanted to do it on 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 mic this time. <laughs> okay. That was just for the for the soundtrack arista what is what are, <laughs> what do you follow that up follow up follow that up <laughs> what what right. is something that you're you're most ready to be rid of come I, January? I, I, a more uh another, another answer i think is just every day not having to just what sort of stupid shit is mm. happening now what yeah. sort of stupid what... shit did the president of the country do <laughs> like that's the yep. that is definitely a plus yeah not having to yeah. worry about what they're doing i mean i'm looking forward to coming on here and arguing over joe biden saying something dumb yeah but i'm i'm knowing I, with the full intent knowing that it's not nefarious or not because it's it's a grift or anything like that right that's what i'm looking forward to yeah i i agree i think i think that's that's where i'm at i think that the thing i'm looking the most forward to is not having to question what the intentions of the president are right i i think that joe biden is going to do things that i like i think joe biden's gonna do things that i fucking hate um, I think Joe Biden's going to appoint people that I uh, that I enjoy, and I think that Joe Biden's going to appoint people that I detest. But Batumi. I think I think <laughs> Pat Pat Doomy. I think I think the overarching thing is I think that Joe Biden's going to do what he thinks is best for the country, and I think that Donald Trump continued to do what he thinks is best for Donald Trump. And and the idea that I don't have to worry about what those what like what those decisions are for, why you're doing that specific decision to to aid yourself in this, that or the other thing. I think that is one of the one of the reliefs that that I and the rest of the country are going to have. We don't have to worry about why the president has done something. Uh, We get to know he did it because he thinks it'll help the country. Um, and that's good. <laughs> like regard, like he might do things that we don't like. And we're like, I see why you did it, but no, but there's never a question of motive. The motive question is gone. Like with Donald Trump, the motive question was always there. We always had to wonder what he was doing, why he was doing it. And it is, I'm, I'm glad to be rid of that. I'm glad to be rid of that. I think, I think that's what we're going to do. Um, going forward. We're just going to keep weekly on this podcast saying why we're glad that why we're glad that what we're what we're what we're not gonna miss what we're not gonna miss um arista thank you so much for joining us this week um we will be back next week with more more stuff hopefully less trump stuff and more biden stuff but we also have to unfortunately keep track of the uh, president's inability to recognize reality that his stages of grief are a story, so we have to keep track of that. Um, we will be back next week. We will see you then. Katrina, thank you for joining me, and Darissa, and, and thank you for joining me. I am drunk. Everybody shut up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> until next week, cheers.